Welcome to Always Abounding. This podcast will encourage you as a believer to continue on and always abound in the work of the Lord. Now your host, Keith Stensis. Welcome once again to our podcast, Always Abounding. This is your host, Brother Keith Stensis, here in my office, here on the property of Masaka Independent Baptist Church in Chitabazi Village, Masaka Municipality, Uganda, East Africa. Now everyone knows exactly where I am, <laughs> if that makes any sense to you. Well, there's a program, Always Abounding. The Bible says in 1 Corinthians chapter 15 and verse number 58, Therefore, my beloved brethren, be steadfast, unmovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord, for as much as you know that your labor is not in vain in the Lord. And I am so grateful for that promise. That promise has been a part of my life uh, ever since I can remember, uh, just believing that uh, my labor, the work that I do for the Lord is not in vain. Uh, sometimes it seems like it's in vain. Sometimes it seems useless. And sometimes it seems like we're just a little hamster on a wheel going nowhere. Uh, but uh, when we always abound in the work of the Lord, God says, I will not forget your work and labor of love and I will reward you for the work that you do. Uh, your job, my job, is to just simply abound in the work of the Lord. Well, we are in the middle of rainy season, so if you hear uh, the drum, uh, sound like a drums in the background, uh, the, the dull roar, uh, that is because of the hard rain that we're getting right now, and uh, which is a blessing. We need rain. A lot of the farmers are uh, complaining of uh, drought, and uh, so we need the rain for the crops here. And uh, so I think you're hearing me just fine. But if you do hear that in the background, it is the rainstorm that we are going through right now. And so let's just pray that power stays on uh, so that we can uh, continue with this podcast. Amen. Well, James chapter five, James chapter five and uh, start turning there. Let me just give you a little update on what's going on here. Uh, continue to pray for my wife, Sally, as uh, she continues. Um, she's almost finished uh, with her uh, treatment. Uh, she's been having to do three uh, drips each each day with uh, antibiotics uh, in them, trying to fight the infection that uh, she got while she was here in Uganda. And uh, she got some sort of bacteria when they did the knee surgery. And, uh, and so that has really been affecting her leg. And so hopefully, 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 please pray, please pray, please pray uh, that uh, this infection will be getting out of her knee and uh, she won't have to suffer with that anymore. And uh, so, but she's almost there to the end and uh, we're excited about that. That. Lord willing, she'll be coming back uh, the last part of November, and uh, so we are looking forward to that day for sure. I know I am, especially. I really, 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 really miss my wife, and I uh, love her so much, and appreciate uh, all the work that she does for me, and all the labor she does, and she's my best friend. She's my companion. She uh, is uh, helping in the ministry. She's helping with our kids, and uh, I died. We've been married almost 30 years. It'll be 30 years this coming year, and uh, I don't know 
uh, what I would do without her. And so I just praise the Lord for her and uh, looking forward to getting her back home. And uh, continue to pray for our ministries here as we continue to work uh, not only here in Masaka, but also up in Kalido, uh, working with the uh, Barnabas Baptist Bible Training Center. God is doing a great work up there. We've got about 22 churches up in the uh, Kalido area, the northeastern part of Uganda that we're working with, as well as about 11 churches that we're working with down here in the central area of, uh, of Uganda and uh, working with those churches and just encouraging pastors, teaching pastors, training them, uh, doing everything we can to equip them. And again, my purpose in Uganda, my missionary philosophy is not to come here and build a kingdom for myself. Uh, I did not come to Uganda to pastor, uh, but I came here to uh, start churches and help those men uh, to be trained and uh, to know what they believe and to know how their churches ought to operate, how they ought to conduct themselves, uh, so that one day when I do leave, uh, they're not depending on me to run their churches, uh, but they are doing it well themselves. And and I, I really believe, now there's a few churches up in the north uh, that uh, might struggle a little bit, but I do believe that if I did have to leave now, most of our churches would continue on. Uh, they're not depending upon me uh, for financial support. They're not depending upon me for uh, help. Uh, a lot, many of them have matured. Many of them are growing in the Lord, and uh, I praise the Lord for that. And I just praise the Lord for the small part that I can have in their lives uh, in helping them spiritually and helping them to grow in the grace and knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. And so for as long as God has me here, uh, my, my job, my purpose, my goal is to train men and women of God for the ministry. And so your prayers are most appreciated. Those of you that support our ministry in a financial way, thank you so much. And uh, the, your fruit, the fruit that you have uh, invested, I believe, is going to come back to your account. Uh, Paul, uh, in the book of Philippians, says that that will happen. That I desire fruit that may abound to your account. The, the money is there to help us to be able to accomplish uh, what we're doing here, but uh, we're not here for the money. Uh, however, God says the money that is given uh, toward missions, toward the furtherance of the gospel of Jesus Christ, the fruit that is added because of that investment will be put on your account. And so those of you that are investing in the area of finances, thank you so much. Those of you that just pray, I tell you what, there are some situations, there are some things uh, that happen here in Uganda that uh, money money won't solve it. Money won't get us out of it. And, uh, and uh, your prayers are most appreciated. Your prayers for provision, your prayers for protection, and uh, your prayers for the, for the presence of God in our lives, uh, all of that is just of great, great importance. And so both of those things are necessary. And we thank God for those of you that invest in prayer, those of you that invest in finances. And so praise the Lord for that. Well, once again, this podcast is all about encouraging you to always abound in the work of the Lord. And uh, I tell you what, uh, I'm getting more and more excited as the uh, coming of the Lord draws near. And I believe his coming is right around the corner. And I believe that's something we ought to get excited about. And uh, But at the same time, I think we ought to 
constantly evaluate ourselves and uh, making sure that we are always abounding in the work of the Lord, making sure that we're always uh, going to the next level, doing something else, doing something more, uh, reaching one more church, reaching one more soul, uh, establishing one more ministry, uh, passing out one more gospel tract, giving out one more Bible, uh, taking time to study one more verse. I mean, just always abounding, always looking for some way to keep growing, always looking for some way uh, to keep abounding in the work of the Lord. Well, we are nearing the end of the book of James, and uh, James is, uh, in chapter 5 here, is giving some concluding thoughts, some concluding principles that uh, he has for life uh, serving the Lord. And uh, so we're going to be looking at uh, some of these closing principles. Uh, remember back in verse number 7 and 8 of chapter 5, he reminded us that the coming of the Lord is near. Uh, in our last podcast, we looked at the issue of grudging one against another and remembering, hey, don't be uh, looking down on others for what they have, what you don't have. Uh, God's the judge. God's the one that sorts all that out. And uh, we just need to trust him that he knows exactly what he is doing. Now we're going to be talking about a subject today that I'll be honest with you, I don't like talking about. And uh, most preachers that I've known, most people that I know uh, are the same way and uh, because of uh, what this all entails. And that is the subject of patience, the subject of patience. And uh, it's one of those things that I would like sometimes to just kind of skirt around and uh, maybe talk about something else. But but when you go verse by verse, uh, you have to declare the whole counsel of God. And uh, so that's what we're going to try to do here today as we look at these two verses. So James chapter 5, and uh, let's look in verse number 10 and 11. James chapter 5, verses 10 and 11. Take, my brethren, the prophets who have spoken in the name of the Lord for an example of suffering and affliction and of patience. Behold, we count them happy which endure. Ye have heard of the patience of Job, and have seen the end of the Lord, that the Lord is very pitiful and of tender mercy. The subject of patience. Uh, patience is a very interesting word. Uh, it literally means, from the 1828 Webster's Dictionary, <clears throat> the word patience means the suffering of affliction, pain, toil, calamity, provocation or other evil with a calm, unruffled temper, endurance without murmuring or fretfulness. It springs from a Christian submission to the divine will of God. Isn't that interesting? It springs, patience springs, patience comes from a Christian submission to the divine will of God. Um, life is life is full of suffering. All right, we we can't deny that. We can't get around that. Uh, we live in a sin cursed world, and uh, because of sin, uh, we have uh, suffering. We have sickness. We have war. Uh, we have crime. Uh, we have discouragement. I mean, there's just there's all kinds of things that we have to deal with because of this sin-cursed world that we live in. And, and a lot of times circumstances come in our way that we can't control. And sometimes people uh, in, inject themselves in our lives and our ministries that we cannot control. And, uh, and we need patience. And uh, patience, again, is that calm endurance 
without murmuring or fretfulness, understanding that God's will uh, is uh, is going to take place, and we're going to submit ourselves to the will of God, and uh, we're just going to wait it and, and literally endure through it. All right, we're not asking God to take away the suffering necessarily, because uh, that's what life is. Life is full of that, and and we wouldn't it be nice to take away suffering? Wouldn't it be nice to take away sickness? But I think we all understand that that is not a reality. And uh, so the reality is not taking it away, but asking God to give us the patience, the endurance uh, that we need to get through it. And uh, so James here draws our attention to the patience of the prophets and the patience of Job, which is interesting considering that the word patience only appears twice in the Old Testament, all right? Uh, it was mentioned by David both of those times, uh, but patience was never mentioned by Job. And, uh, and yet he brings out, he says, you've heard of the patience of Job. As a matter of fact, when hearing much of what Job says in his book, uh, honestly, patience is not what comes to mind. And uh, most of the book of Job is him answering his friends and uh, trying to figure out why. <clears throat> why do bad things happen to good people? Why does suffering happen to bad uh, to good people? Why does why does bad circumstances and, and bad things come in the lives of of good people? Why is that? And so most of the book of Job is is asking that question: Why? Uh, but when you look in the first two chapters, when you look in those first two chapters, you get kind of an insight into the thought process of Job. And, uh, and, and Job is getting one thing taken after him from another. He's getting his animals taken away. He's getting his children taken away. His livelihood is all being taken away in just a matter of hours. And yet the Bible says in all this, uh, Job did not sin with his mouth. Job says, naked I came into this world, naked I return. Blessed be the name of the Lord. The Lord gives, the Lord taketh away. Uh, in all this, uh, Job cursed God not with his mouth. And, and, and so you, you see a man who has a lot of things and was a godly man and a, a God-fearing man. And the Bible says was perfect and upright in all of his ways. And, uh, and yet God allowed him to go through the suffering, his divine will, uh, was to allow him to go through this and experience this. And so what you find is a man who endured that, and when he came through it on the other side, we have the opportunity of seeing the other end of it as well, uh, where God restored to him uh, what was lost. God blessed him even more than what he had, and, uh, and God used this in Job's life to help him uh, to become a better man that he was. So let's look at verse number 10. He says, Take my brethren, the prophets, who have spoken in the name of the Lord for an example of suffering affliction and of patience. All right. Patience always comes hand in hand with suffering. It always comes hand in hand with affliction. Uh, that's just, that's just the way it is. <clears throat> and so here in verse number 10, we see suffering associated with affliction when it has to do with the prophets. And uh, he's saying, hey, remember remember all the prophets in the Old Testament, the ones that were thrown in the dungeon, the ones that were thrown in the lion's den, and the ones that were mocked and ridiculed and laughed at and scorned and even martyred. And uh, he says, take them as an example of suffering and of patience. 
Remember the Bible tells us in the book of first Peter, he says, he said, listen, don't count it a surprise. Don't be, don't be amazed that we're suffering. All right. God has called us to suffer. The Lord Jesus Christ came to this earth to suffer. And so we should not think it an amazing thing when we have to go through suffering as well. Suffering is a part of life. And like I said before, you cannot get rid of suffering. And so what we've got to do is God say, God, please give me the patience. Help me, Lord, to keep my eyes on the Lord Jesus Christ. And though I may not understand all the whys, and though I may not understand the end uh, of what is going to happen in this particular circumstance or situation, help me to trust you so that I will have the grace that I need to endure through this hard time, through this difficult circumstance, through these difficult people, whatever it is that I'm having to endure and help me to be able to get to the other side and be stronger, not weaker. Help me to, help, help me to allow this suffering and this trial to make me better, not bitter. And so we see a general illustration here of the prophets suffering affliction, and yet we also see patience in their lives. And then in verse number 11, we see a specific illustration, and that is Job. We see a man that had unbelievable trials, unbelievable suffering. Unbe I mean, not just, not just losing uh, loved ones and not just losing his livelihood, but losing his health and, and losing a, the, the relationship that he had uh, with his wife as far as that spiritual bond that they had together and God uh, or being left with a wife that, uh, that quite honestly and with all the candor that she had told Job, curse God and die. Just, just curse God. It's God's fault, and and just die, Job. And uh, imagine the kind of encouragement that must have been to him during that time. But he says, "You've heard of the patience of Job, and have seen the end of the Lord. That the Lord is very pitiful." and of tender mercy. Now we're going to look at that a little closer uh, later on, but the point that I want us to see is God is using some illustration. He's saying, hey, if you're going to abound in my work, then you've got to understand that abounding in my work does not come without problems. It does not come without difficulties. It does not come without discouragements. It does not come without trials. You are going to experience all of that. And so what you're going to need as you abound in the work of the Lord, you are going to need a fresh measure of patience. And uh, we don't like to ask for patience. We don't like God to give us, uh, or we don't like to pray for that because we understand that patience can only come on the other side of suffering. Patience can only come on the other side of difficulties and, 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 and because patience and suffering are, they go hand in hand. They're like a hand in a glove. You can't have patience without the suffering because it's the patience that is giving you the endurance to go through the suffering. And, uh, and so we need the patience and we, we ask God for patience, but we also must understand that with that patience comes the suffering. And so, so let's look at some things and let's try to apply this. Uh, to our life as believers who have a desire to always abound in the work of the Lord. Uh, so first of all, there's three things I want to bring out uh, of this passage here today that I want to leave you with. First of all, life is hard. Life is hard. Uh, life is not fair. Life is difficult. Life is full of sickness. Life is full of suffering. Life is full of war. Uh, life is full of famine. I mean, you just go through one step after another, and we live in a sin-cursed world, and you cannot deny the fact that life is hard. 
life is difficult. And uh, yes, in some places of the world, life is more difficult than others. And, and to some people, uh, you know, I look at what my wife is going through with her knee, and, and yet I look at what other people have to go through that what my wife is going through pales in comparison. Uh, to what other people are having to suffer and what other people are having to endure. And so life is hard. Life is difficult. And, and to deny that and just to say that life is a bed of roses uh, is to live in a state of denial. It is to live uh, outside of what reality is. God does not want us to live outside of reality. He just wants us to depend on him to get through the reality of life. So life is hard. It, we, we saw it was hard in the lives of the prophets. It was hard in the life of Job. Life is difficult. Life is full of suffering. And the common denominator of all of that is because we live in a sin-cursed world. Um, but the second thing I want you to see, not only is life hard, but life demands patience. Because life is hard and because life is full of problems and bad circumstances and bad people and, and suffering and sickness and torment and all this kind of stuff, uh, life demands patience. If, if we did not have patience, then we would go absolutely mad. Uh, if we did not have patience, if we did not ask God to, for the endurance to be able to go through uh, these things that he is desiring us to go through, we would go mad. We would go crazy. Now, so patience is bred through tribulation. All right, let's look at some scriptures here and let's see what he's talking about. Let's go back to the book of Psalms, the book of Psalms uh, 37, Psalm 37. And let's see what the Bible's talking about here. Psalm 37, and uh, look in verse number 7. Psalm 37 and verse number 7. All right? Psalm 37 and verse number 7. Rest in the Lord and wait patiently for him. Fret not thyself because of him who prospereth in the way, because of the man who bringeth wicked devices to pass. All right? Rest in the Lord. Wait how patiently. Wait patiently. David understood, hey, if I am going to get through this, I've got to wait on the Lord. Don't get ahead of God. Don't, don't think you can try to manipulate God. Don't think you can try to manipulate the circumstances or try to get around the problems or try to live a life in absence of problems. But he says, wait patiently for him. Let God take care of it. Let, let God handle it. Cast all your cares upon him for he cares for you. Uh, that, that has become more real to me in the recent months, in the recent years than at any other time in my life where there's just things that happen in life that you just don't understand. And sometimes even those things that are happening in life that you don't understand, you don't even know how to pray. There, there's some things happening in my life right now. I don't even know how to pray. I don't know what to ask for because I, I don't know what the whole situation is. I don't know what the background of it is. And, and there's just those times that you've just got to cast those cares on the Lord and say, Lord, I don't understand what I'm going through. I don't understand what's happening here. But God, I'm casting everything on you and I'm going to wait patiently. I'm going to know that you're going to be there on the other end. What, what did Job say? Just real quickly, go back to Job. And since we're talking about Job, go back to Job 23. Job 23, and, and notice what he says here. In Job 23, verse number 8, he says, <clears throat> Behold, I go forward, but he is not there. Backward, but I cannot perceive him. On the left hand, where he doth work, but I cannot behold him. He hideth himself on the right hand, that I cannot see him. Verse number 10, but 
he knoweth the way that I take. And when he hath tried me, I shall come forth as gold. That, that right there is patience. That is understanding, hey, I, I can't, I don't know why. I don't know why he's doing this. I don't know why he's allowing this to happen. I don't know why he wants me to suffer, but he knows the way that I take. And when he gets through trying me, when he gets through making me what he wants to be, I will come forth as gold. In other words, I will come forth better than when I went into the trial. And that's the amazing thing about patience because patience helps us to become stronger. Patience helps us to become better so that when we're going through the specific trial that we're going through right now, God knows we have a bigger trial ahead and the only way that he can prepare us and make us strong enough for the trial that is ahead is to cause us to go through this trial because he knows if we'll go through this trial, it'll strengthen us and give us the fortitude and the endurance that we need to go through what he knows what's coming ahead. That, that, that's where faith comes in. That's where trusting God comes in. That's where just sitting back and saying, Lord, I, I don't know why I can't figure it all out, but you know, the way that I take. And when you have tried me, I shall come forth as gold. I'll come forth better than when I went into it. Look in Romans chapter five, Romans and chapter number five, the book of Romans and chapter number five, Romans chapter five. And notice in verse number three and four, <clears throat> Romans chapter five, verse three and four. And not only so, but we glory in tribulations also, knowing that tribulation worketh what? Patience. And patience, experience, and experience hope. There it is again. Patience is associated with tribulation. Tribulation worketh patience. It worketh patience. It builds patience. It builds endurance. Why? Why do I need tribulation to build endurance? Why do I need patience to, uh, or uh, tribulations to build my patience? Because again, God knows what's ahead. God knows what I'm going to need next month. He knows what I'm going to need next year. And so God puts things in my path he allows things to happen in my path to build my patience, to build my endurance so that when those bigger trials come in the future, I'll be able to go through. I'll be able to endure. God knows that God's not going to allow me to go through anything that I cannot handle. God's not going to allow me to go through a tribulation that I cannot endure. That's not the way our God works. God says, I will, all, I will never allow you to be tempted above that you're able. I'll never give you more than you can handle. Never. So therefore, God says, because I know something big is coming up over here, and right now, with what you have right now, the endurance you have right now, that's going to overwhelm you. That's not, you're not going to be able to get through it. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to prepare you ahead of time, and I'm going to give you some smaller trials here and let that build your patience so that when the bigger trial comes, you're ready to handle it. Look in James chapter 1. We've already looked at this on this podcast, but let's look at it again. James chapter 1. Once again, we see the same thing. James chapter 1, verse number 3. Well, verse number 2. <clears throat> My brethren, count it all joy when ye fall into divers temptations. <laughs> what? 
Count it joy when you fall into divers temptations. Count it all joy when you fall into different trials and tribulations. What is there to be joyful about? Why, knowing this, that the trying of your faith worketh patience. The trying of your faith worketh patience. He says it again, <clears throat> just exactly what he said back in Romans chapter number five. It works patience. God knows I need patience for the next trial. Verse number four, but let patience have her perfect work that ye may be perfect and entire wanting nothing. God says, I don't want you lacking for what you need in the future. So therefore <clears throat> allow this patience to work in your life. Allow the tribulation. Don't, don't run from the tribulation. Don't try to skirt around the tribulation, but count it joy when you get to go through the tribulation because that tribulation is going to help you to be able to endure. Probably the best illustration of this, I, I remember when I was in high school, for a couple of years I, I played basketball. And uh, I was not a good basketball player by any stretch of the imagination. I only pay, played for a year and a half, my senior, half of my junior year. And honestly, before I played in my junior year, I'd never really ever picked up a basketball other than to shoot a few hoops here and there. So I was not good at all. But, but I remember our coach, Brother Lanny Funches, and uh, I remember the practices that we used to have and the suicides that we used to run and the miles that we used to run and the push-ups and the, the drills and over and over and over. And I'm like, I am, I'm going to die. I, I, I can't even, <clears throat> I don't think I can get through it. I remember, <laughs> I remember finishing basketball practice and being dead on my feet and then having to go to work that night and try to work all the way up until midnight. And uh, I'm, I'm telling you, it was, it was tough. But what was he trying to do? He was giving trials. He was giving torment, if you would. He was giving some tribulation so that he could build my endurance. Because he knew that coming up is going to be a game. And in that game, I'm going to need endurance. If I would have just gone into the game without the practice and without the suicides and without the running and without the <clears throat> all the 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 the, the, the push-ups and the sit-ups and and all if if i would have gone into the game i wouldn't have lasted the first quarter but i was able to endure through the game because of the small trials that came before nobody likes practice nobody likes those drills but they're necessary and god knows that and so he says listen <clears throat> you that are going to endure you that are going to abound in my work you got to understand life's going to get tougher. Life's going to get more difficult. The world is going to get more wicked. The world is going to get more sinful. The, 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 the problems of this world are going to get more challenging and there's nothing we can do about that. But here's what I'll do. I will build up your endurance. I will build up your patience through the trials and the sufferings you're going through now so that you can be ready for it in the future. So number one, life is hard. Number two, life demands patience. And number three, life demands that you keep your eyes on the coming of the Lord. Notice what it says there. <clears throat> you have heard of the patience of Job and have seen the end of the Lord, that the Lord is very pitiful and of tender mercy. Let's, let's think just for a bit of, of, about Job. Job, in the end, he was vindicated. 
He did not harbor any malice against the the supposed friends that he had for what they said or or what they accused him of, but instead he he prayed for them. Because the whole point of all of this was that no one could figure out why Job was going through what he was going through. Was it because of Job's sin? Was it because of his uh, some problems that he has is something he did or he didn't do. That was the whole purpose of why he was doing it. And finally, Job is vindicated in the end. And finally, God is helping him to understand, listen, I did this for your benefit. Notice, notice the Bible says, he says, the Lord is very pitiful and of tender mercy. God knew exactly what he was doing. God knew exactly what he was allowing Job to go through. And sure enough, exactly as Job said, he did come forth as gold. Now, we don't see the character necessarily of Job after this, but we see the blessings of God in his life, and we see the influence that he had on his family's life after this. Job was a changed man because of this. Even after discouragement after discouragement and trial after trial he bore up bravely with his patience god knew what he was going through he knew about all the things that he took from him he knew about all the brokenness that his heart was feeling and the the bible says here the lord is very pitiful and of tender mercy God's not up there. God is not up there just seeing, oh boy, how can I make life tough for you? And how can I make life difficult for you? No, no, no. Don't, don't ever, don't ever, don't ever blame God for what you're going through. Don't ever look to God and say, God, this is your fault. And God, why would you allow this to happen? And God, why is this? Why, why would you do this to me? No, no, no. God is of tender mercy. The Lord is very pitiful. In other words, he, is, he, 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 he has that heart of a father to the child saying that though you don't think this is the best for you, this is the best for you. And we've got to keep that in mind. So when I'm going through a trial, when I'm going through difficulty, number one, I need to remember God is doing this for my benefit. He is preparing me for something that I need for the future. But I also will never forget, number two, that God is not up there enjoying what I'm going through. He's pitiful. He's tender. He has tender mercy. He's not going to give me more than I can handle. But then number three, I can always remember that no trial, no suffering, no tribulation is forever. For a believer, for the brethren, that's who he's talking to, for the brethren, it always gets better. It always gets better. And I can look forward to that and I can say, hey, it seems like that there's no way out of this trial. It seems like there's no way out of this suffering. It seems like there's no no way that I can see ahead. And and I I don't know if this is going to be the end of it all. Hey, if if it is the end of it all, if it is the final trial, if it is the final difficulty that takes your life, then our end is much better than the beginning. We have heaven to look forward to. We have eternal life to look forward to. 
And so whether or not it's the final trial as, as Paul faced in 2 Timothy uh, uh, chapter 4, whether it's a, uh, he's getting ready to lay his head on the block and it's the final thing he's got to go through, or whether you're just beginning in life and, and you've gotten trial after trial after trial, listen, allow those trials to build you. Allow those trials to make you stronger so that you can continue in the work of the Lord, so that you can continue always abounding in his work. I thank the Lord that he is there at the end. When he hath tried me, I shall come forth as gold. So we see the first two chapters of Job full of trial, suffering, difficulty. We see the last chapter. We see the end. The Lord is tender mercies. The Lord is very pitiful. The Lord blessed Job. The Lord said, hey, this is not your final trial. I'm going to give you a little bit longer to live. And then we see in between those chapters a lot of questions of why. And then you see towards the end of that, you see God asking Job question after question, and finally Job began to understand who God was. God is in control. God's in control. And patience teaches us that. Patience teaches us that, hey, I don't like what I'm going through right now. It's not the funnest thing in the world right now. But I'm telling you, it is wonderful serving a God that has my best interest in mind, that is not going to give me more than I can handle. And in the end, whether, it's, whether the end is here on this earth or whether the end is heaven, in the end, I will come forth better than when I went into it. That's patience. So remember the patience of Job. Remember the patience of Job. A man who did not know why. We, we can read the Bible. We know why. But when Job was going through all that, he didn't know what we know. He, he didn't know uh, what God was doing. He didn't know what God was allowing. He thought God was against him. He thought God was the enemy. He's trying to figure out why. God has his reasons. Amen. And if we'll just learn to sit back, trust God, say, God, give me the patience I need because I know, God, what you're having me go through right now is preparing me for what I need for the future. Amen? 1 Corinthians chapter 15 and verse number 58. Therefore, my beloved brethren, be ye steadfast, unmovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord, for as much as you know your labor is not in vain in the Lord. You're going to need patience. You're going to need it. You're going to, you're, you're going to need it if you're going to abound in the work of the Lord. Amen? Well, God bless you so much. Thank you so much for inviting me into part of your life today, wherever you might be right now, whether you're in your house or in your motor car or your vehicle, work, wherever it is that you're listening. Thank you so much. I know that there are literally hundreds of thousands of podcasts out there, and I appreciate you taking the time to listen to mine. And I hope and pray that I have been an encouragement, and I hope and pray that I can continue to be an encouragement to you and your family as you abound in the work of the Lord. If you have not done so already, let me encourage you to subscribe to our podcast. And uh, every Friday, we upload a new podcast. And uh, for your encouragement and uh, for your uplifting, and uh, tell your friends about it if you don't mind. And uh, if you have Facebook or Twitter or whatever, uh, social media you might have. Maybe you can share 
this Always Abounding podcast with your friends and family. And uh, that way others can be blessed by the Word of God through this podcast. Thank you so much for tuning in. God bless you so much. I pray for you. Thank you so much for your prayers and support on our behalf. And uh, we look forward to seeing you in our podcast next Friday. God bless you so much. Have a wonderful day in the Lord. We want to thank you for listening today. We trust that this podcast was an encouragement to you to always abound in the work of the Lord. For more information about your host or simply contact us, visit kstensisfamily.com.